The following audio message is from Neighborhood Church in Overland Park, Kansas. At Neighborhood Church, we seek to be a community that loves God and our neighbors together. If you would like to learn more about Neighborhood Church, please go to www.neighborhoodchurchop.com. Um, so this morning, if, um, if I went around with a microphone and I, I asked you in front of your friends you know, in this room, if you had to de- describe the kingdom of God, what would you say right now in the microphone? And what if inside the room, your audience was mixed? So you were looking around, who was in the room? Maybe you just invited a neighbor for the first time, right? Maybe that would change how you would talk. Some in the room could be ready to learn about certain topics of the kingdom and others not ready for that. And the information about the kingdom that you're sharing could be extremely beneficial to some in the room, but for the others, it could actually be harmful for them, for they're not ready to know some of the mysteries until they know more first. And, and this is where we find Jesus as we look through Matthew 13, right? There's this public ministry of Jesus that's with his followers, but also there's these crowds. So Jesus has this dilemma, right? And we understand this, right? And, and we get this uh, two-audience dilemma, and one example that came to mind is, say, um, uh, you grew up in a family where there's a, there's a gap in age of children. Like I have, my youngest is six, my oldest is 12, and, and say my 12-year-old says something like, um, we'll say a general thing would be, hey, dad, mom, we're all in the car together, the whole family, the six-year-old up through the 12-year-old, and we're driving, and, and it just in general, the oldest says, hey, dad, mom, uh, yesterday on TV, TV, I saw blank happen, right? Like whatever, I mean, that could be a number of things, right? Because we're talking about television here, right? I saw this thing happen on TV. What is all that about? Now, in the car as a parent, you've got a six-year-old and a, up through a 12-year-old. So you have this mixed audience. So maybe you say something like, um, well, you know, honey, you know how rain comes down and ruins your sandcastle, but it also feeds the trees. And your child's like, oh yeah, I kind of see where you're going with that, right? Like we use this kind of terminology, and I didn't want to give too specific because of where we're going today, but you can see how, like as parents, we do that. We use analogies and parables and these concepts to better communicate information so some understand but others, some are hidden. We spent all last week talking about that, so you can check out that sermon if you want to know. But the parables in Matthew chapter 13 this week is where we're going. Last week we saw where Jesus explained the parables. Next week we're going to see where Jesus explains the parables. But the parables we're looking at today are those that he doesn't, Matthew doesn't reveal to us this explanation So there's this revealing of the secrets and the parables. We find Jesus, but we also find this hiding. And the hiding, as we talked last week, has a level of protection. Just like the car story, right? The older child saying, hey, I saw this on TV. And you're kind of like, I don't know if my six-year-old's ready to know about that situation yet, right? So Jesus has some people that are following that aren't ready. So he's speaking to them in parables. But his followers, they've received Jesus as the Messiah. 
the Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the one who would come and redeem the world. And Jesus wants to give them insights into the spiritual realm where God is working. So let's just begin this morning with 334. It's another point where Matthew gives us Jesus talking about parables. All these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. And this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. And we often find as we read Matthew chapter 13, the disciples confused, right? And they're asking, hey, tell me more explanations about this. And the sower, the soils we talked about last week, we actually saw Jesus explain that. And next week about the weeds, we're going to see Jesus explain that. But I want to give you some help today as we read. These are three quick things that help us be followers, and in a sense, we're crowds and followers of Jesus, but three things that help us today that his original listeners, sitting by the beach, Jesus is in a boat teaching, they didn't have these things. One is we have, we have them written down, and we can, we're literate, and we don't just have that one story written down, we have all the stories written down, and we can kind of start connecting some dots where the initial listeners could not do that. Secondly, we have the Holy Spirit. He is active in our lives. We find in God's Word that it's the Spirit who opens up God's Word to us. And thirdly, we have this full narrative. Not just all the words written down of the teachings, but the narrative of the life of Jesus, where we have his death and his resurrection and the starting of the church with the Great Commission. These three things help us better understand, and I'm going to use all of those today in my hope to uh, help you see more clearly the kingdom of God. As we look at these parables, this is Jesus' focus, that we as a community would better understand the kingdom which is our entire series we're working on. And that number is wrong, and that's my fault. That's right. It's uh, Matthew 13 today. Now, when we talk about big topics, sometimes what we do is we kind of talk around them for a while, right? Like, this is a big thing. And I can't quite tell you about this big thing called the kingdom of God without letting you see clearly from different angles. The kingdom of God is one of those topics that we find Jesus over and over again speaking from different angles so that we see more clearly. I had something happen to me um, uh, in the last 10 days, and I want to share this with you. Uh, um, have you ever made fun of somebody over a long period of time because of something silly or stupid or wrong or something that they did that was just ridiculous? And it just kind of became your story. Right, for years, like, it was just hilarious. And when that topic would come up, you had that story because you're like, oh, you got it. I got to tell you about this guy. So sometimes those stories end where you realize you're that same person. So this is what happened to me in the last 10 days. It begins in college, as most stories do, right? <laughs> Hopefully don't end there. But a friend of mine named Sam came into the dorm and he said, I'm, I'm real stressed out, Dave. And I was like, what's going on? He's like, I'm going to the dentist. And I was like, 
is there something major? He's like, no, I've just never been. And I was like, so like we were in school and like friends would like leave school or be late for school because they're at the dentist. You never were like, I wonder what that thing's about. You never, you, never, you never had that as part of your like rhythm of growing up. Hey, mom, dad, there's a guy named the dentist and people go to him. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. My parents, I don't, you know, I don't know his full story there. And, and anyway, as you may expect, he had nine cavities, right, right? So that was my dentist story. Well, last week I went to a doctor and um, not a dentist. He has an eye doctor, actually. And um, guess what happened? My first time to the optometrist I realized that I was seeing, um, as Jared said yesterday, more Bob Ross type trees than, <laughs> than like the real thing. So I, I recognized that um, things far away can be a lot more crisp than they were my whole entire life maybe even. And I share the stories because my, my hope is, is that maybe when it comes to the kingdom of God, you've kind of had kind of like an idea, the Bob Ross version, like like the tree was just a glob of color, which kind of looks like a tree, you know, but when you get close to it, you're not quite sure what it is. Then my hope today that we can see a little more clearly today. And if you're visiting with us, um, I've never wore glasses in my entire life. And all I want to do is take these off because I think they're sunglasses and I'm inside. And it's the oddest, it's the oddest feeling right now as I, as I speak to you today. But my hope is that you will see the kingdom of God more clearly because there's no other topic that Jesus keeps talking about in the New Testament than the kingdom of God. And he's t- it's so vast that he keeps coming at it from different angles. And we're going to look at three different ones today. My hope is not only that you will see it clearly, but that you will fall in love with it and respond to it and respect it and see it as more true than this physical realm. And that you would see yourself as a citizen of this eternal kingdom. And you will see yourself inside his family. So let's look first at Matthew 13, 31. So if you have a a Bible with you today or that black hardcover Bible, if you'd like to keep that in front of you so you can uh, reference things back, it's going to be on 819 in that black hardcover Bible. I think that's correct. Let's read. 13, 31. He, this is Jesus, put another parable before, before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make, its, make nests in its branches. So what's the big idea here? Well, clearly there's something about something small becoming big. Or even as Jesus superlatively saying, the smallest becomes the largest. So the Jewish expectation is that the kingdom of God, this great Christ and Messiah, would be huge, would be powerful, would be mighty. But they had no idea how it would start. But how does it start? As we see the greater narrative, well, it starts like a small, tiny Mustard seed, right? A baby coming 
to a teenage girl, married to a carpenter, born in a stable. So insignificant. But with God, all things are possible. I want to read to you a passage from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 1.26 For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom of God, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. These are big things. So that is written, let one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So what's the principle here? What's the principle? Kingdom of God makes the insignificant the most significant. So that's one angle of looking at the kingdom of God. And maybe this morning you're thinking you're super significant without Jesus. I hope you hang out with us some. (laughs) Because Jesus is the one who takes the insignificant and makes it most significant. I would say most of us in the room kind of fall more on the insignificant side of things. We feel like, what is my purpose? I'm not quite sure exactly what this existence is for. How, what is my part to play in my family, in my neighborhood, in my city? Well, Jesus is saying, when you're a part of the kingdom of God, you can be most significant. Where there's righteousness, growth, sanctification, redemption, and God's wisdom. Secondly, let's look at the parable of the leaven. Matthew 13, 33. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was leavened. So leaven is, uh, we'll just say yeast, right? It initiates fermentation inside you know, dough so that carbon dioxide kind of forms and changes the flavor and makes it grow, as many of us know. And what does yeast do? Well, it multiplies inside that dough. So just like the mustard seed, there's a small amount of leaven that's put into the dough. Why? Because we know it's going to multiply. Three measures, one commentator said, it's about 50 pounds. Like the kind of bread that you want to feed 100, get 100 people. So it's a big amount, right? Just like the big tree. But what do you start with? A small amount of leaven. It seems insignificant, but because what yeast does is it multiplies. And Jesus wants to give us a little different angle here. And I think the word hid in that passage is key. There's a deep, there's an inner part, there's an unseen component about the kingdom of God. So what's the principle here of the kingdom of God? Well, it multiplies in the hidden heart of people. So we start with this hidden, this small, this, this little mustard seed, but then it grows and it's visible. 
right? That's one angle. But there's another angle Jesus wants to say, well, actually, yes, it grows and it's big, but it's hidden. It's inside. The kingdom of God is people, but it's not just the physical side. It's like, it's our hearts. He's molding inside the hearts of humanity something special. It's in the hidden heart of people. Let's check out the third angle today. Third, it's the parable of the hidden treasure and pearl. Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure, treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. And then in his joy, he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all he had and bought it. So let's start with these. We put these side by side. They're real similar, right? You can see that. But let's start with the, a couple nuances. Well, one is, one just seemed to find the hidden treasure. But the other, will, other one was purpose, purposefully seeking. But both men in both accounts found that treasure. So I think this is key, and, you know, Jesus seems to say these back to back, and I think he's supposed to point something out. It doesn't matter how you find the treasure. Right? You could be somebody that's part of the kingdom of God right now that sought and worked hard. You were looking for something in life because that's how God's wired you. What's great is you found it. But equally important is the person who, because of others in your life, they kind of found you. Maybe you feel like you stumbled across a friend group or maybe neighborhood church. But the value for both was greater than anything they could imagine. And the value of this treasure they found Seems like they didn't even need to go and like check out their estate and run the numbers and do a comparison chart on which is greater. It was, it seemed instant that they knew what they found, that they would actually be more crazy to not sell everything they have to buy it. The treasure, the kingdom of God, an angle of it, is it's, the value is so great, you would be crazy to not sell everything you have to buy it. I want to remind us today in Matthew 5, 3, the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this to kick it off. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There's a vision to this. There's this poverty that you receive a treasure. And hopefully you're seeing more clearly the kingdom. So what's the principle? Well, the kingdom of God's worth creates joy. And when found, it only costs everything. The kingdom of God's worth creates joy. When found, it only costs everything. So when you look at the kingdom of God and you find people giving up everything and being happy, 
They might be looking at the kingdom of God. (laughs) Because for them, they can't imagine living life the other way. There's a joy, there's an affection of the heart that the heart is in tune to when you see the kingdom of God, you do crazy things to the world. But in God's economy, your heart's in tune to who God is. You can't imagine living any other way. So my aim today is that you would see the kingdom of God more clearly through these three parables. We started with the kingdom being small and hidden and then findable. Small like the mustard seed, but it's going to get huge. Hidden like the leaven, but grows and impacts the entire dough. And I think the good news for me as I was studying this is the kingdom of God is findable. If you've lost hope for yourself or another, one of our angles today hopefully reminds you that it's findable. So as we close, I've wrote some questions up on the screen. And just keep these up here for communion today for us. So we're just going to spend a few minutes. Let's just walk through these, and I'm going to give you a little space to think. So if the kingdom of God's here, and we're looking at it from different angles, when you learn something new or you see something new, the idea is you respond to it. So my hope today is that there would be something in here that your heart would need to respond to. So number one, how are you finding your significance as a child of the king? Maybe when I use the word insignificant this morning, something was loud in your heart. But then being reminded that the kingdom of God making you a part of God's royal family makes you significant. You can hold on to that. Are you believing the lies that you're insignificant? Secondly, how are you allowing God to multiply his kingdom through you? And here's some categories. There's many more. Into your family, neighborhood, at work. Think about the truths, the fruit of the Spirit. Think about who Jesus is. How are those things impacting the different groups that you're a part of? Is the yeast alive and working? And if not, what's the Spirit asking you to do this morning? Thirdly, how are you responding to the treasure of the gospel? Is there joy? What is one thing you can do this week to enjoy God more? Let me pray.